This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Subby. We're back, we're back. Welcome everybody to Leafs Late Night. I am your host, Roscoe, joined by Steph the Fanalist and Suddy, as the intro says. But today we are also joined by a super special guest all the way from Australia. Welcome, Sarah. How are you doing tonight? Um, or I guess it's morning there. It's 2 p.m. Thank you very much. It's 2 p.m. <laughs> I'm interrupting my go. work day to add my Aussie tones. I love nice. it. Thank you so much for joining us. As uh, Sadi is popping off after we do our post game here, so uh, happy to have you for our chats because we have a lot to cover. So much happened over the last week. I don't even know where to start. So uh, how about we start with the game? Yeah, that sounds yeah. good, right? Oh, Steph, uh, you wanna you wanna start us off with something here? You know, yeah, um, it's not necessarily a game. I just have a question for Sarah since, you know, last time we were on the podcast, you were, we were talking about hockey player, the only Australian player in the league, Nathan Walker. And the thing that left me thinking was that you said, oh, he's not a real one, you know, since he was born in Cardiff, Wales, and he grew up in Australia. So I have a question for you since you're a real one and there's only one correct answer to this so here's your chance i'm gonna say something on the spot yeah i'm gonna when they guessed i love it (laughs) yes and i know she doesn't see this coming so bring it on yes one correct answer here we go ozzy 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 oi 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 (laughs) (laughs) i mean that would have been my answer Oh, come on, I know. That's the only answer. And and to be fair, right, Australians will claim anybody. So if Nathan, who grew up in Wales, wants to become an Australian and he's now an Australian, we'll claim him. Yeah. Yeah, he's all yours now. I expected a little bit more enthusiasm. (laughs) Yeah, Steph. I need to do more drinks before I do that. It's more a crowd (laughs) thing, babe. Okay, you passed it's the test. It's 2 p.m. there, remember. It's not, uh, you passed the test. It's not post-game 10 o'clock. You're a real one. Okay, we get it. Sorry, guys. Okay, moving on. <laughs> oh, no, it was good. It was good. It was fine. Sorry. I let the team down. My bad. No, no, no. You, you oh, Nobody's letting anybody down. You definitely So, um, speaking of not letting anybody down, oh, man, Mitch Marner did not disappoint tonight. So, uh, the Leafs come out with a 3-2 overtime win over the... Uh, juggernaut carolina hurricanes so uh hey i don't give me that face uh, they're in first place no i know it's just they uh, have the least goals against in the league doesn't quite are, roll uh, off the tongue contender. you know what i mean but I it's well CJ deserved called, this year. Uh, these guys are legit cj called the panthers a juggernaut which is dangerous after he i think he, he might be trying to curse them after he called the uh, canadians a juggernaut <laughs> last year and they tanked yeah well i don't it. blame him because in january they posted the most goals by any team in the last 25 seasons with 74 goals so definitely a juggernaut yeah yeah they are but anyway back to the hurricanes here um i was on uh, battleborn fan talk earlier today with josh anselmo and the crew and uh, we were talking about what was going to be a problem heading into this game and i said it was going to be carolina's defense i mean especially with muzzin out on the leaf side they completely just outman us on that uh, that front there and that kind of seemed to be the case for the first half of the game the Leafs had a lot of trouble with zone entry they couldn't maintain much there they were getting pushed away from Freddie Freddie was making some great saves nonetheless but uh, 
I think that was kind of the story of the game until they were able to break through it. No, I yeah. couldn't agree more. Their defense is a huge problem, and it starts out like the Toronto's blue line, and it just goes down from there. They have one man up there, and then they start to clog up around the red line, and when you get to their blue line, it's almost impossible to get in. And if you do, they just keep everything right on the outside. Like, it's really, really smart, their system. It is. Brendan Moore's done a great job with turning a team of, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say misfits, but a lot of people that you wouldn't expect to be, like, they, they get scoring from their entire 12 forwards, and that's what's uh, unlike most teams right now, and it's not guys you'd expect from. And Stahl's still there. It's crazy. <laughs> he wears the C. So... But yeah, and this was a huge test for Mrazek because looking in the past, um, he's only played teams that we wouldn't consider playoff contender teams. Like, I mean, he played Ottawa, Detroit twice, Chicago, Arizona, New York Islanders. So very, very exciting game, especially with Freddie versus Mrazek. I know there's the whole hype about that. But also Toronto and Carolina were both 7-2-1 in the last 10, both mm-hmm. coming off four and five winning streaks. So... Yeah, tough game though. Yeah, it was your typical uh, unstoppable force meets a movable object. Like I said, I mean, Carolina has the least goals against and the Leafs are up there for goals four in uh, their 42 games. So it was just a matter of who was going to break. And uh, it was kind of both of them. They they both, this looked like a playoff t- uh, game. I mean, both sides kind of showed strengths and weaknesses. Um, I mean, right off the bat, as much shit as I give Hall, he stopped uh, Sveshnikov on a breakaway there. Mm-hmm. He was able to break it up and uh, stop him from getting a shot off on Morazic, which was great. Um, but I mean, other than that, I think he had a pretty rough night. Yeah. I don't know Definitely. what you guys think, but even Brody straight randomly first. off the end of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I found Brody to be. Brody had a rough first period, too. Mm. Definitely. And how about Josh Levo getting called up from the minors for this game? It's like cherry he had on so top. so many chances. <laughs> Man, we talk about the, the ex-Leafs on the other team. And I mean, we should talk about Freddie before we start to really get into this game. Um, I chatted a lot about this, too, on uh, Battleborn today. But um, everybody's asking, you know, do we miss him? Did we, did we lose him? But I mean, ask yourself this question at the end of last year. Like he was injured. He wasn't playing well coming off that injury. Jack was playing amazing. Uh, he didn't have a great record in playoff runs. The fan base and media had turned on him. If we brought him back, then people would have been up in arms. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think we lost him. I think it's great that he's playing well this season. I'm happy for him. But he's got a much better defensive core in front of him than mm-hmm. he did on the Leafs. Like he's, he doesn't have a uh, Hainsey and Ojeganov in front of him. So he's playing a little better. Johnny, I think that's a really great point. I mean, if considering our D is not our strongest point at the moment, if we had Freddie there as well, would he be playing as well without the really strong D? In I don't think so because the numbers that Freddie's putting up right now are better than he ever has in his career, whether that was with the Leafs or the Ducks or even in the minors. Like he's never had this good of a save percentage and this low of a GA. No, like so you said, I, he I don't of, see it happening elsewhere. He found himself like a good system to play in, and tonight looked like Freddie on top of his game, right? He's making himself big. He's predicting plays. It doesn't hurt, though. Like, he knows the Maple Leafs' tendencies. But, like, you can tell he's always going out of the blue paint and just cutting off angles, stopping rebounds, and that's really what he does best. Yeah, he also showed the same weaknesses he had with yep. the Leafs. Like, uh, though he controlled some rebounds, he let a couple go and they resulted in i think all of the leaps goals he makes a glove save and it all of a sudden ends up in the middle of the slot and that's where marner scores right and yeah that's a classic yeah, yeah. freddie play 
Freddy's always dialed in to start the game, no matter what. He always has that look on his face, and he obviously was such a fan favorite, but it's just that split second and that <laughs> poor choice at the time that completely just buries the game. So, But he held his own tonight, I gotta say, considering what he faced from the Leafs. And man, his, his record shows like a 929 on the year, I believe, and he's 24-6-0 before tonight. Whew. Even like the first half That's of the wild. game, like the least the way they're approaching him, it was all trying to get tip-ins and rebounds. Like they knew they weren't really going to beat him in the first half one on one, and that's the way they approached it. Yeah. Did you guys see the graphic they put up of uh, where Freddie's let goals in from? It was like he has a nine forty <laughs> plus save percentage everywhere except right in front of him, where he has like an eight hundred and then a three thirty three on the line. It's like just get it in front of him, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Every goal was scored from right, except for Matthews with the, the snipe. But um, so first period, uh, Nito Niederreiter opens up the scoring one nothing. Leafs D was looking a little off there. Um, not much else to say. But right after that, we got uh, Andre Kasha gets knee on need. Looked a little dirty. I mean, it wasn't on purpose, obviously, but it it looked like he went down an awkward way because obviously I don't uh, who was it? Brendan Smith hit him, and he obviously wasn't hurt, um, but he was about to be because uh, the Wayne train came barreling down. <laughs> Whether he liked it or yeah, not, what did you guys think of that? One of the best fights I've seen the Leafs play. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh yeah, it's rare, yeah. right? It's it was like, pretty long too, right? It was a good. Like two or three minutes, and and Wayne was not backing off. Well done. Oh yeah, yeah. you fed him a couple haymakers there. I do not envy Brendan. Uh, no, like towards the end of like, like is the lineman's going to jump in here? Like you got to end this pretty soon. Well, yeah, but uh, it worked kind of. He it has better after that. He hasn't scored in twelve games. Like he's trade deadlines coming up right he's got to prove himself some way or another so if he's not you know putting up points then he's got to be doing that that's fair that's exactly it um he's tonight he only played 8 30 on the ice and he has to make an impact whether it's it if it's not on the score sheet it has to be in some sort of other area and yeah uh, he did have two good chances in the first period i gotta say he was pushing hard and the intensity was there and this he is what we want to see yeah, moving forward the rest of the season, he needs to make every moment count on the ice because obviously he's not there all of the time. So nope. he has to make his presence known. Okay, so that uh, takes us one nothing into the second period. And uh, Bunting draws his 27th penalty of the year. How did... Okay, we talk Mozzie. about this with... Yeah, the Mozzie. Um <laughs> I remember when Kadri hit number one uh, in the league for drawing penalties. They just said, "All right, that's it. No more penalties for you." And Kadri, or sorry, and Bunting just keeps drawing them. It doesn't matter. The guy, and it's not even like he's diving. He just manages to like get his feet wrapped up in people's skates. I will say by accident, but on purpose. He gets and himself, gets himself tripped all the time. Yeah, he gets himself in these spots, and he doesn't stop his feet from moving, which will draw a lot of penalties. He's not doing it dirty. That's why I think he can actually keep it up, opposed to what Kadri was doing before. Yeah, it's yes. not like a soccer play where he's faking how he's going down. He's just putting himself in situations where he's going to get knocked over. That's the biggest difference. There's no lazy plays. It's just full force, full intensity all the time. And just like you said, Sadi, if you keep your feet moving, then there's you can't really blame it on one thing or another. Like, Kadri is just evident there. But 
I know there's a lot of talk on Leafs Twitter as well about the embellishment plays of of uh, Bunting, and that's why Arizona let him go. But I'm happy to keep him. <laughs> it's only, Me too. I'll take it. It's only embellishment if he gets called for embellishment. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> they're still calling in penalties. Like they're still letting him get away with this. Um, but Sarah, since you're our guest, you want to uh, announce the first goal here for the Leafs? No, this is the Matthews one. It was originally called down to Willie. And in the replay, I wondered if, if uh, Austin had his little stick in there and poked it a bit further on the line, and it looks like he did. So it was reversed later on, and it became came Austin's goal. Yes. Yeah, I originally had Willie uses as Willie. And that was, <laughs> I thought that was so fun because <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to everybody, but um, re- really he – that puck, that's exactly where it went. He kind of just gave it a little tip with a like with right on there. the goal line. Boink. Yeah. And then down to his stick and he he put it in and they kind of that was it. And then as soon as they came back for the next period, they said they changed it to Matthew's goal. So uh yeah, I'll take it. Number one, one. Number one PK in the league for the Her- Carolina Hurricanes. So yeah. I'm so glad the Leafs can put one on Freddie. And he was immediately trying to call it off, saying it was a hand pass in front, just on his ass, waving at the ref. But we're just <laughs> like, no way, man. Like, <laughs> Good goal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then after that, a rocket from 34 to make it two to one. Bunting with a great screen on that one. Uh, so that's his... Was that 31 for Matthews? Yeah. Putting him uh, now two behind Chris Kreider. Really smart play by Matthews on that, that play. Like he was kind of circling around the front and he had a shadow and he kind of pushed off to give himself like two, three feet. And that's what allowed him like to have the one timer in the open net. And that's just such a smart play. Yeah, I remember they showed a stat once that it was his wrist shot is like 93 or 94 miles an hour. Like <laughs> just the way like he creates space, it's like it's unreal. Yeah, there's no way. I don't care how many times Freddie's taken those in practice. He wasn't going to stop that. No. Seven no shots tonight. Yeah. What was that? Seven shots tonight, which is average oh. for our boy Maddie <laughs> and your fantasy team. But I love it. Yeah. Definitely uh, never leave guys like this open in the slot, guys. Like, it's no. <laughs> teams take note. But perfect one-timer. Oh, beauty. Yeah. So after taking the first one, uh, it was really nice to go up two to one going into the third period. Thought that was going to kind of set the pace for the rest of the game. And I mean, it kind of did. The Leafs looked a lot better in the third period than they did in the first two. Yeah. Uh, but Tony D'Angelo, eight seconds into the period, ties it up at two. Oh, I hate this guy. Talk I about know you have him in like all your team stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Talk about a defender jumping up on the play, though. We we always say about Riley jumping up and wow, right off the face off from center ice. And he just takes that puck straight up. Perfect shot. Mrazic did not get a piece of that whatsoever. So I feel like that was an important moment for Mrazic, though, because he should have had that. And maybe like in other yeah. games that would have rattled him a little bit, but he would really rallied behind himself and stood tall the rest of the game. And that's a good sign going forward for him. Definitely. Yeah, this was a really big game from Razik. Um, again, I was talking about this earlier, but um, I think this was kind of like Steph mentioned the first time he's playing a, a playoff caliber team and uh, he really had to prove himself like, you know, he's not just a backup to play against bad teams to give Jack the night off. It's like we can actually rely on him as a one B. He really backup because we are paying him to be one. And he did. Yeah. And I love his pads and his helmet. I think they're awesome. <laughs> Crime done. 
the chrome dome. The chrome dome. dome. It works. I don't like it on the LA Kings. I like it on Mrazek. Like one person in net with the blue on it too works. Five guys skating around with chrome domes doesn't work for me. Blinding. Man, we already saw what happened to, who was it, uh, Cache or Comf who got blinded by the light that time and went straight into the (laughs) ice. And I was like, damn, these helmets. Oh, my God. (laughs) Speaking of uh, looking distracted, weird bounce off, I think, the door to the Leafs bench and dressing room. uh, And Hall just looks absolutely lost. He had no idea where it went. Nope. Uh, Derek Stepan makes it three to two. Him yeah. losing the puck wasn't like the real issue there because that's a freak play, right? But then you see there's yeah. three Carolina players, there's two Leaf defenders and himself, and he just lets the man beside the net go. And that's where the real problem is there. And that's just, you know, that's a hall type play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think he can be a top four defender. Like, I don't know why we keep tricking ourselves into thinking he is. I mean, we don't have much of another option. I get it, but man. We need Muzzin back. Yeah. Need Muzzin back and need Definitely. to make a trade. Um, I don't want to get into that right now, actually, but Elliot Friedman <laughs> mentioned some people that the Leafs have put trade requests in on. Oh. Um, so after that, Mitch with his eighth straight to tie it up at three. Man, this guy is just on fire lately. Uh, he ties the streak for uh, with Matthews at eight goals for third ever for the Leafs. Yep. Wow. Yeah, Cole trying to draw a penalty from Matthews there, just grabbing onto the stick, not letting go, and you just see Matthews just kind of give him a shove, like, get off this, you little shit. (laughs) Give me my (laughs) stick back, but too late. Puck is in the net. Play over. And yeah, so happy for Marner collecting the loose change from Freddie. Horrible rebound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we had uh, another argument about a hand pass there from uh, Matthews as he went down. (laughs) Just give it up, guys. Yeah. Refs. Sore losers over there. Forgetting to We'll hear it all over Twitter. Where where was the whistle tonight? I feel like so many things did not get called. I was just watching time and time again. Another thing just let go. I don't know. I feel like after the Leafs went up 4-1 in power plays that they just kind of put the whistles away and shit was getting not called on both sides. Yeah, I knew the officiating was going to be rough tonight just because it's two playoff teams. They're like, let's let's give them a taste of it. Let's let them just play on. <laughs> yeah. But Matthew's going also, down. Also, I think if you start... Sorry, yeah, Matthew's. Go on. No, uh, I was just going to say, Matthew's going down scared me for a sec. Like, he oh yeah, the longest he's ever played on the ice in his NHL career, it seemed. <laughs> but Yeah, I know there were only 500 people there, but holy, it went quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and why are they all grouped together? I don't get it, man. <laughs> They're all in the same like. Actually, um, it looks really bad. Keith has come out after in the post-game interview saying that Austin was always supposed to have a rest day tomorrow anyway, um, so we're not to be worried about that being not on the ice tomorrow. But obviously, he's under protocol for a few hours anyway. Okay. Yeah, he said no word on Matthews. Uh, needs time yeah. to be assessed. Well, it looked scary similar to, uh, but not as bad as the hit we saw on Tavares back in the playoffs last year from Perry. So you just never like to see, like, sorry, Sarah, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, I was going to say, you never like to see the whiplash, like when they get their next snap forward like that. 
mm-hmm. unexpectedly um, too, yeah. right? Like he fell down and hit Pesci's knee, and no one was expecting that. Just a freak play. Yeah. I think the reaction from the bench was kind of like they were just as worried as the rest of us were. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen so many uh, multiple f bomb tweets at the same time. Twitter <laughs> just blew up, scared. <laughs> So uh, we're hoping that he's okay. Um, Give him a couple days off. We're going through the home stretch now. Yeah. They do have a bit of a break before their next game. Yeah. Right around Thursday. Seriously. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the dying seconds, Alex Kerfoot has a bit of a breakaway there. Almost gets the game winner, but he can't tuck it past uh, Freddie as he tried to wait till the absolute last second, but it was too late. Nice hustle, though. Yeah. Yeah. So that sends us to overtime, which was... uh, pretty much entirely even without Matthews the Leafs game man like yeah. Carolina had nothing in uh, in overtime they had the first chance of Sveshnikov went down against Mrazik on a screen and Mrazik actually made a nice glove save stopped the play and then Toronto won the face right. off and then they controlled since then yeah and Sandine with the uh, <sighs> basically a game save yeah. game saving save there he had uh, ba- a whole wide open net as Mrazik gets caught on the right side there and he uh was able to get down and block one. Man, that was that was it. That was the whole game right there. That was good D awareness, unlike Hall. How about Riley with that no look shot on Freddie, trying to keep the play alive, and right before Marner sunk it, I was like, yes, I really hope this goes in. It was like a JT moment from a couple of weeks ago when he tried to do it against the Ducks. But yeah, and I think they also know, like we were talking about, Freddie gives up those kind of rebounds if you can get it to his glove and he drops it. So. Yeah, and if you're worked. scrambling in front of him, then just put anything on net, right? So uh, before we get into our typical uh, Larry David question, uh, who do you think got to play their game tonight? And I'll start with Sarah. This is a really hard one. I think at times both teams played their own, like played their style of hockey. Uh, probably the, the third period is where we saw the Leafs actually step up and bring that intensity and really take it to the Canes. I mean, the Canes played really well. That one-on-one, um, they, they paired up. But, um, yeah, third period was all about the Leafs for me. Fair. Uh, Sadie, you want to take it? I think Carolina played their game more than Toronto did. But what Toronto did was adapted to Carolina's game and proved themselves to be a playoff team because they won in a way that they usually don't, right? These guys were battling every shift, every small little play just getting dirty, dirty goals instead of like highlight ones. And that's a good sign of things to come. 100%. I agree with both of you. I think, um, I mean, I'll let stuff go before I fill mine in, but I agree with both of you. I totally agree. Um, I think the Leafs were a little sloppy defensively, but the fact that they were able to pull out the win and seal the deal at the end of the day, especially in OT without Matthews, tells me that the Leafs are taking notes, especially since their loss against the Canes. I think it was October 25th, the 4-1 loss where Sheldon Keefe said this Carolina team plays on a whole other level that the yeah. Leafs haven't even reached yet. And Sarah actually just sent me a tweet saying that the Maple Leafs um, required the fewest games in franchise history to reach 30 wins in a season, besting their mark set in 1934 and 35 and matched in 2021 with 48 games played. So thank you for that. Wow. Um, Good stat. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think it was really back and forth between the two teams, but I'm kind of on the line here. I think Carolina did a bit of a better job, though. I agree with Sully there. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with everybody. We all covered it pretty well. I mean, like Sarah said, the Leafs kind of picked it up in the third period, but I, I kind of lean to Sadie's point that they were able to adapt and maybe not play their usual game, but a game that worked, which I think is uh, a great sign, like you said, of uh, how they're going to perform in the playoffs, because at this point, it looks like we're playing Florida or Tampa, so that's not going to be fun. <laughs> it's never easy, right? One. Yeah, sorry, Sarah, what were you saying? We've just got to get through round one. The rest of it will come after that. Get that monkey yeah. off, yeah. and then we can fly. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, because I mean, really, and with how highly contested the east is after round one you're losing at least two really hot teams like whether it's boston florida or tampa like two of them are going to go down in the first round boston hopefully (laughs) boston and tampa uh so with that i'm feeling pretty good pretty 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 good Pretty Ooh, good. was pretty good tonight. Sarah, as our guest, I'll let you start it off. I am going to go team goalie, Mrazek, with number one in my book tonight. I loved the fact that he held it together for the whole game. He didn't let that early period three um, goal go against him. He regrouped. He was able to jump around. He didn't quite stay on his head, but I reckon he would have if we asked him to today. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Uh, Steph, what about you? You know, before the game, I called that Willie's going to sink the first goal, and we thought it was his, but I still got to get him credit where it's due because it's it seems like it's been a while since we've seen his presence on the ice like we're used to. And actually, fun fact, it's been since he shaved that beard off. Since he's had this goatee, it hasn't been the same. I don't know why. <laughs> but I'm going to give it to Willie because he – was way better tonight even he's always good but i mean he was he was there and mentally physically and a lot of shots tonight too he had um six shots so go will wow yeah definitely picked it up after like i said that new jersey game where everybody was partying except for him and jt so nice to see even if he didn't get credit for the goal he'll still uh he was still a modest tonight are you serious really wow yeah yikes well that line, man. I don't know about them sometimes. Uh, Sadi, what about you? Oh, well, sorry, Sarah. Finish your point. Finish your point. We're Canadians. We let everybody finish what they're saying <laughs> before we move on to something else. Eh? Please, thank you. Gonna... So, J- J- Stop was... interrupting her. God damn it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Insert all the Canadian apologies here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, I was just going to say that JT had a good game, but he was a minus one anyway. So are we really going to blame Willie for his minus two just because he's on the ice at the wrong time? Yeah, True. plus minus Fair. is kind of, they call it an archaic stat, but it's one of those things if you're negative every game, it shows. If you finish the season minus 25, it shows. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go with Rasmus Sandin. A, because Bean's not here to, to pick Rasmus Sandin. So <laughs> I just pick <laughs> And B, because I think he played great defensively tonight, um, apart from his uh, game-saving save there. I think he was awesome at breaking up a lot of plays from a pretty dangerous, like, top 12 from Carolina. I mean, everybody's pretty dangerous on this team. So I think he was able to uh, be in the right spot at the right time. Um, He wasn't caught in the wrong spot like Riley is a couple times when he uh, joins in on the play. I think Sandine had a great game. So I'm going to get to it. 
Did yeah. he have any assists on the night? Um, he did not, but like he, he did. was minus two. No, that's <laughs> yeah, okay. That was a good minus. Uh, speaking two, of though, right? <laughs> speaking of assists, though, uh, Freddie Anderson leading the league with four assists for a goalie. Are you yes, kidding? Yes, I had that in my notes, and I was going to bring that up, but totally forgot. But whoa, Freddie! <laughs> yeah. Um. So, <laughs> Twitter question. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we have a Twitter question here. If a train leaves Montreal traveling west at 90 kilometers per hour and a plane left Toronto going east at 365 kilometers per hour, at what time did the Wayne train arrive? <laughs> um, the Wayne train arrives whenever it wants, whether it's on the ice or on the bench. There it you just, go. It is a hyperloop. It can just show up on a dime. <laughs> yeah, whenever the hell whenever it you wants. Need it. Simon, whenever the hell it wants. Okay? <laughs> there's there's lots of them in service. <laughs> and they can show up whenever. It's not like OC Transpo. There you go. Nice. Love Shout it. out to our Ottawa fam. Um, so other Twitter question we've got from Maple Leaf fan. Going back to our discussion earlier, uh, no one since 1999 has scored more than eight straight games. Does Marner become the first guy in more than 20 years to hit nine? It's only been done 46 times in history. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Marner seems like a guy who likes his points and little things like this. And the dude's just been on a heater lately. So given he's got a few days off and if Matthews is back too, especially playing with him, then I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I think it's possible. What do you guys think? definitely possible but i really hope it's not a situation where it's the game where for example matthews is gonna break another record that he doesn't do it like i'm hoping things go marner's way just for his confidence and this boost so i hope he does it i do as well um mitch marner for the rocket says mike at mtc 80 uh, seriously though it's so nice to see him playing with confidence again he looks like he did during his elc days he's having fun and he isn't playing with the weight of the city on his back anymore and it's showing 10 goals 19 points in his last nine games not a question i get it but i agree it's nice to see that he doesn't look like he's carrying the entire toronto media around and like the entire fan base saying trade him out of town it's it's all kind of lifted and mm-hmm. he's found his game he's settled in he's confident he's celebrating yeah. Speaking of media, uh, the the myth has been debunked that Marner is not behind the Leafs uh, TikTok account, so everyone oh, can get that right. out of their head. <laughs> but anyway, just wanted to bring that up. Uh, so we are going to go to break, but when we come back, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got the All Star Game, we've got the Olympics, uh, we've got quick news on the khl we've got higher or lower and we've got uh rocky Wirtz freak out and gary bettman's comments on that and his comments on arizona and we're going to try to cover all that as fast as we can but as thoroughly as we can so stay tuned we'll be right back you're listening to leaf lightning Lazarus, the athletic. Um, I guess my question would be for Danny. I, I know we're looking forward here, but I think we have to look back also. And I think much of what happened to Kyle Beach stemmed from a, a power imbalance between a coach and a player and the powerlessness 
of a player in that situation. So what are the Blackhawks doing? What have the Blackhawks done? What will the Blackhawks do to empower a player in a similar situation to make sure that doesn't happen again? I'm going to answer the question. Okay. I think don't. the report speaks for itself. The people that were involved are no longer here. We're not looking back at 2010. We're looking forward. And we're not going to talk about 2010. I'm we're, not about I, I know, and I'm not either. And we're not going to talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That is my answer. Now, what's your next question? I can pick up to what we are doing today. And I think no, I don't know. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. What we're going to do today is our business. I don't think it's any of your business. Because I don't think it's any of your business. You don't work for the company. If someone in the company asks that question, we'll answer it. And I think you yeah, should get out of the next subject. Works. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question? You hear the same answer? Okay, ask the next question. Okay, good. Uh, my name is Phil Thompson. I'm with the Chicago Tribune. You guys talked about okay, we don't need to hear the rest. Um, how do you, as a parent of a 16 or 17 or 18-year-old who plays hockey, how do you send your child to a team that is owned by somebody that behaves like this? Temper tantrum. Just you can't. How do we have any... How do we have trust in our, in our coaching staff? How do we have trust in the people that we are asking to to lead these young very influenced type children in reality any anybody under the age of 18 or even up to 20 they don't have the mental maturity to handle these situations and maybe that's the the intellect of rocky maybe he's only 19 or 20 at heart so in case you hadn't heard that before or missed this whole news so that is rocky wirtz the owner of the chicago blackhawks uh who interjects a, in a question that was meant for his son, Danny Wirtz. Uh, the Wirtz family has owned the Blackhawks for decades now, I think going back to even the 60s. Um, Rocky Wirtz used to be quite celebrated in Chicago because there was a time in the 90s when um, Rocky's father, I do not remember his name off the top of my head, I apologize, uh, thought that they wouldn't sell tickets to home games if the Blackhawks games were broadcast on TV. So he actually pulled the broadcast rights for the Blackhawks. So you could not watch them on TV. You had to go to the game, which is ludicrous. So Rocky saved them from his insane dad. But I think time enough time has gone by now that Danny needs to save this team from his insane dad, because like at a certain point you lose touch with, uh, with not reality, but I mean, just, the modern day and what's acceptable and what's not. And like maybe in the eighties you could react like this in a press conference or even the nineties, but like you can't do this. Like this is, this is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. And how was there not a fine posed on this owner in any other scenario for the stupidest thing for someone sticking up for their team. We've seen it in the past. There's major fines being thrown out of the door, but this, this is literally the biggest temper tantrum recorded. Like besides the, well, why are you so pissy? We should ask this guy why he's so pissy, man. Like this is just bizarre. 
Did you? Okay, you guys can't see, but the title of the clip that I downloaded is called Rocky Wirtz Gets Pissy at Blackhawks Town Hall. <laughs> so shout out Seriously? to whoever named it that. Um, but no, it's true. Like, they they can't have not known that this was going to be a question. Like, you held, like, for anyone who is unfamiliar with the situation, they called this town hall. This was put on by the Wirtz family and the organ- the chairman organization of the Blackhawks. How did you not prepare to answer this question? Maybe Danny did. For all we know, Danny was 100% prepared to answer this question. But Rocky just said, you know what? I've thrown enough money at this that I don't want to hear about this anymore. Stop asking mm-hmm. about this. And I'm sorry, but that's just not how it works. No. Yeah, I think it's taken any goodwill or any trust that has been rebuilt for the Blackhawks and has just set it back to square one. And for Batman not to call him into line, it's probably even him showing he's got no interest in forcing the hand we're just going to put up with this guy yeah and i mean to move on to what batman said so here's the direct quote from batman in his um his press conference about this they're doing all the things to move forward they're doing the work the people who belong to be gone are gone now people have been brought in or new people have been brought in sorry there's training. They're doing things above and beyond what we're doing at the league level. They're putting in a wellness department. They had answers for everything. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but after that outburst, you are actually going to say that the Blackhawks are doing more than you are at a league level to prevent <laughs> something like this from happening again? Are you joking? Like, Batman, come on, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry. If something like this happens in your organization, whether it was 12 years ago, whether it was 25 years ago, it's going to be a topic of conversation forever and ever. It's just something that does not, it's not, you don't let it go, especially a sensitive topic like sexual harassment and everything that goes with that. So they need to be prepared moving forward how to answer these questions and to stay professional. And the fact that they fired their athletic trainer of the AHL affiliate just recently in November and didn't come out and publicly say, hey, we found it again and we fixed it straight away, it was almost like they tried to slide it under. And I know that story's only been really the last couple of days, but why did they not just come out and say, oops? They're literally striking out playing t-ball. Like it's, (laughs) it's the ball is sitting there in front of them and they cannot for the life of them get it off the tee. Like yeah, yeah. they suck at this. It's unbelievable. And I th- honestly, I think it's time for a changing of the guard. Like Bettman works for the owner. So he doesn't move unless the owners call for a new commissioner. And if this is what he's okay with, like the generation of Danny Wirtz and any, everybody else that's waiting in line under these people that own these teams, it it's time that they take over. Like we need to start forcing some of these people into retirement. I'm sorry, but like this cannot be in this day and age, how we handle this in the league. Like there has to be a new president set. It's 2022. It is not 2010 even where we should have been ahead of the game on this. Like, man, they could have had a proper response for this when it happened. And now we're 12 years later and they still don't know how to do this properly. Having over a year to prepare for this. You mentioned that um, Bill Wirtz took over and then gave the team to Rocky. I said, I think Bill was the one that tried to pull the, broadcast rights from memory and maybe it is time for Danny to step up and stand in front of his dad and go my turn dad yeah because further on in that in that clip he tries to jump in about something and say actually no I have a couple things and he goes no 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 
we're not going to talk about this. It's like, man, everybody around you is trying so hard and you are just undoing like 50 people's work in a matter of three minutes is that clip. Like, are you joking? It's the same uh, way how Dreisaitl got cut off too. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. It's like, okay, dad, sit down, have a chill pill and fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. And Rocky goes on to insult a reporter, the next one who asked the question about tickets, saying that, you know, some season ticket holders are concerned about the value moving forward of their, their investment. And he says, oh, I didn't realize you work for the ticket department. Come on, man. It's like, this is a press conference. You have to answer questions. This is a town hall. You called it. Like, how do they let this man in front of a microphone and camera? Well, from all accounts, the rest of the town hall was really well received. They answered the tricky questions that they were put to them. They talked about the culture of the organisation and the concerns, as you mentioned. So really, we're talking about one three-minute clip, which is the, the tell-out of this bigger beneficial town hall. So... I think she and, needs to go for a long holiday. Yeah. And I mean, that says something. I haven't heard the kudos to you for listening to the rest of it. I haven't heard the whole thing because this is all that's getting shared around. And that's the problem is nobody's going to listen to the other 57 minutes of your hour long town hall of three minutes of it as you screaming at reporters. We've just so, spent more time talking about it too. Exactly. <laughs> and so further to just to kind of move on from this. Um, so Batman was asked something else in his little availability with uh, available daily. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that was such a dad joke. I'm sorry, everybody. (laughs) So the Arizona Coyotes announced that they have secured a temporary home at Arizona State University where they're going to play with 5,000 seats. And uh, yeah, Batman said that this is going to be an intimate environment to watch the games in and not the first time they've done this sure the ottawa senators played played in the ottawa 67s arena downtown ottawa where the fucking sens should be playing for their first uh, year but that was one year for an inaugural team while their first stadium was being built this is a team that has been around since 1996 that was relocated because of another failing team into the desert of arizona in the southern united states why are you letting them play to five? Th- they are literally like turning into the Arizona State University team that just happens to be in the NHL. Yeah, they literally the Arizona Coyotes. Ha- the NHL has stuck around with them for a decade longer than how the the amount of time they've tried with the Quebec Nordiques. That's how embarrassing it is. And this new stadium will have the lowest capacity, of course, behind Winnipeg with 15,294. But damn, they average the third lowest attendance in the league behind, I think, the Sens and the Sabres. But 5,000, guys? Like, you want to get intimate? Is this like a small little hot date between the players and the fans? Like. Well, and he also said that um, by some projections of their numbers, they, okay, first of all, he said, for everyone talking about revenue sharing and how this is going to be affected, the Arizona Coyotes already get the maximum, so it doesn't matter. Wow, that makes me feel so much better. They already take the most money for losing the most money. Congrats, Bettman. You have a real keeper on your hands. 
Uh, but further than that, he says by some of their projections, the Coyotes could do better playing in this <laughs> stadium. Sure, if you charge $300 a ticket. Yeah, and I saw on Twitter someone was saying, I don't know if it's true or not, but there was a deal at some convenience store in Arizona where if you buy a 40 of vodka, you get free tickets to the game that night or whatever it was. Oh <laughs> Damn, that so, is so good. Back in back 2011. Still? Maybe when... that's how we can get through the game. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely not. Come on in, free for all. Bring whatever you want as long as you come. So back in 2011, when they deemed the uh, the Thrashers were not selling enough um, to continue on, and they moved them to Winnipeg, they were bought by True North uh, Entertainment, or True North Sports, whatever they're called. Um, they were in a similar situation at the time as the Coyotes were. So luckily, the Coyotes were able to get a basically a bailout from this, the city of Glendale until now, where they said, okay, pay up because it's been 11 years and you haven't. Um, and unfortunately the thrashers weren't able to secure a similar deal and they were moved, but the, they said that 14,000 was not enough to sustain an NHL team there. The last time that the coyotes finished a season averaging more than 14,000 fans was 2008, 2009. Sorry. And last year, just over 14,000. This year, they have an average of 11,606 people, which, okay, pandemic. But before that, they've been averaging between eleven and 13,000 a game. That is not a professional sports team. I'm sorry. Move them out of the fucking desert. I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. Matthews is only going home to take a rest, not to play hockey. That's for sure. So By the time his contract's up, there will not be a team there. Like, there can't be. Yeah. No. It's impossible, and I get it. Batman might be mad about the COVID restrictions and stuff because we know that these Canadian teams bring in the majority of the revenue for the NHL. But this is just that then pathetic. pays for the Coyotes to lose forty-two million dollars a year. Yeah, like I get pathetic. it. It drives it drives wages down. That's what they want. The owners want a garbage team in a league that's just good enough to still be there. That it drives the average cost of everything down because you've got that floor. But at a certain point, like everybody's talking about how the Canadians are just abysmal this season. That's the Coyotes every year. But it's just that they're not the Canadians, so no one cares. Like it's unbelievable that a team can be this bad every year in a market that literally doesn't care that they're this bad. Like that's the only reason they're sneaking by. I remember their Twitter bio used to be something like, we also don't care about your fantasy team, so don't ask us about it or something like that because it was so bad every single year, oh, no. and I thought that was so funny. Well, it's like we make the joke about Phil Castle. It's the perfect thing for him. Nobody talks about hockey there. He gets to make his millions, and that's it. He can be out of shape yeah. and still play full-time because there's still nobody better than him on that team. First there might line, be soon. first power play. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, there's some some good prospects there, and like, I mean, Kraus and and Chikrin and Gunther, and there's like, there's a lot of good kids there. But man, without anything around them, and without an organization that's willing to spend any money, and if they're going to be playing in Arizona State University's arena, I'm sorry, these guys are not going to be riled up to be playing there. Like, you're not going to get anyone yeah. to re-sign if their contract runs out while you're playing there. 
Yeah. Phil Spoiler, Kessel, they have please. like three people signed for next year, so that's going to be tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clayton Keller being the face of the organization and uh, the ghost on the back end after a horrible year in Philly. And yeah, that's about it. And Gallonchuk. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, so we will move on from our stupid Jerry Bettman and stupid Blackhawks discussion. Um <laughs> So some fun things. The All-Star game and the All-Star break just happened. So um Sarah, did you catch the uh the skills competitions? Of what did course you think? I did. Of what did you think I of the did. new uh the the Bellagio fountain thing and the twenty one and twenty two? I am kicking myself. It's Jocelyn. I can't think of Jocelyn's last name. It was good to have at least one of our females represented in the All-Star game or in the All-Star skills sessions. I think she could have taken it to the final two. Um, but let's be honest, those fountains are so cool that oh, yeah. having glowing pucks throwing across the, the pond is pretty Beautiful awesome. Beautiful touch. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it's for Vegas. a new event it worked it worked really well. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of leans into the whole Vegas thing. I love that everybody was saying, let's do it in Vegas every year. We got to just do it in Vegas every year. And they immediately announced the next one's in like Florida. <laughs> Here's my thing, though. I was so pumped for this Vegas theme, the casino theme. I'm all for it. You know, it's fun times. But I think they did it horribly. I mean, they did not have the rules figured out for the 21 game. Uh, Every event that was... was, Yeah, literally. Who decided that once the aces are gone, you just don't have a chance to win? Because all of the players made 21 and there was no ace on the board and they Matthews and Kachuk was just like fucked after that. But my problem too was where the hosts, I think they did a horrible job, especially Gary Jerry D on that Bellagio event. Uh, <laughs> the players were so awkward and cold. I mean, everything that was outside, I heard the players bitch about the weather more than actually have fun with the game itself. Like Stamkos players said, awkward and cold? No way. Yeah, he's hey, like, uh, I've been in Florida for 14 years. Like, is this over yet? Pretty much. Like, oh my God. I get that we play we we pay these men to play hockey. We don't pay them for their personalities. But the reason they're good hockey players is because they love what they do. So would it hurt to bring some of that stuff out in the All-Stars game, let them know how much fun they're actually having? Yeah, it just doesn't seem fun. And, like, mm. to go to the breakaway challenge, Alex Petrangelo had to have the lamest attempt and i think he knew he was just doing something he's like yeah whatever it was just for the kids he even said it it was like my kids thought it was fun i just did it for the little ones it wasn't really anything special because he just had like what was it a like a parade like a drum line on either side and they all had light up stuff and he just kind of skated and shot it but uh because they gave him a 19 out of 10 uh he he used to be a blues player though i remember it was john ham he loves the blues so that's the way that's that line I... Trevor Zegras was absolutely robbed. <laughs> For sure. Definitely. And he was technically the only one with a trick shot. Like, when I'm thinking of breakaway challenge, I want to see trick shots. I want to see skill. I don't want to see you pop into a box and pop out like a magician and then it's a little mini me. Like, I didn't. Little Jack skills, I don't dude. Know. Yeah, but it 
It was more for entertainment purposes and not actually measuring the skills of the players. I mean, even through all of the challenges, I want to see the best of the best verse like face off each other and see who comes out on top. And this breakaway challenge, I want to see some cool trick shots going down that they wouldn't attempt in a game, you know? And I feel like it was such a wasted opportunity for that. Exactly. And just to kind of uh, echo what um, CJ and Julian McKenzie said on their show, it's it's the equivalent of the NBA dunk competition. And that's taken so seriously and people train for it and they come up with something cool and all the players that aren't in the game come to watch and they judge it seriously. And this breakaway challenge is such a joke. Like, why don't yeah. you set a precedent where like give Trevor Zegers the crown and say, there's your bar match that he is now the king and he's going to win this every year unless you guys step your shit up that should be the standard yeah and uh jocelyn lamaro davidson that's her lot it's a mouthful so i had to look down at my sheet for that but she schooled the boys in that challenge and i feel like if she had one more shot she would have had it all and um when i was reading the preview of what to expect and it's They said she would be in the accuracy shooting as well on ice. I thought she would be participating, but uh, she was just a pug passer. And I was a little disappointed there. Like I was expecting more participation from these um, female hockey players. But I don't know. So many little things could have been better. No kidding. You think think one of them couldn't couldn't have beaten Leon Dreisaitl's 35 seconds to hit five (laughs) targets? You. (laughs) <laughs> that had me laughing though that was just the comedic effect wasn't it he wasn't being serious that was so bad man like it's got to be in his head how bad the oilers are doing he just brought but it with him there nothing is worse than marsh so not being able to pronounce metropolitan <laughs> i still can't find this clip i, can't I tried to find it for you today johnny because you said that and it's nowhere i feel like it is that embarrassing that is it is absolutely it's nowhere i cannot find it for you but literally zed or whatever the hell his name is dj passes him a piece of paper to read off the team to like whoever's gonna face the next team sort of thing he unrolls the scroll looks down zed's like okay now read it to the crowd looks at him and just blankly stares like he doesn't know what that word even means or the divisions in the nhl in general <laughs> like he literally zed had to look down and then read out metropolitan and then marcia shell just looked up and smiled like it was so awkward and cringeworthy like i was screaming on the inside for him <laughs> like how it was do you, bad. how do you write out the last name marcia so and be able to say that but you can't say metropolitan <laughs> it's got a lot of syllables uh, yeah it is it um so shout out shout out to jack and austin for uh, their appearances there both did pretty well um and shout out to mgk for playing the uh, halftime show <laughs> what an idiot Man. and shout out to blanco brown with his mariah carey like u.s anthem that last note <laughs> breaking glasses <laughs> like oh did, man, did they do so the, the free he but where they go up a note yeah it's good this yeah no i mean a hundred steps up higher than mariah like it was 
it, you can even listen. But since we're on this topic, I just want to bring up an idea that I think the um, would be better moving forward. And I was talking to Simon, so shout out. But I think the NHL should run a skills competition um, between their own teams for like a fundraiser or a charity or whatever with their AHL uh, barn, farm prospects, whoever, right? Try and figure out who has the hardest shot, who's the fastest skater, who's the best accuracy, et cetera, et cetera. All the proceeds goes to, to charity and whatever. They make this list. And then they pick out the best from each team to actually go to the skills competition. And if these numbers surpass, maybe, for example, Arizona has absolutely no one, like they're all eating burgers or whatever, then the teams with the highest amount should group together and can go face off each other so we can see who is really the best of the best. Yeah, instead know. of seeing Leon Dreisaitl bomb at hitting these targets, you could have like, you know, <laughs> Alex Biega out there who's just for some reason a monster at doing this from standing still. He just hits all four of them four shots, you know, yeah. like that'd be cool. And then you'd get somebody like um, instead of Kairou against McDavid, you'd have like Kairou McDavid and I don't know who's fast. That's random as shit. But Ilya Mikheyev could fucking be there. Yeah. They're always talking about making money. This is a perfect opportunity to make money and like to just build it up within each franchise, you know, and then you can get to know each player, the personalities and whatever. But that's just I love that. Okay, so we got to move on. We're running out of time here. Um, So before we touch on the Olympics, the KHL has announced that they have canceled the rest of the regular season. So as soon as they come back from the Olympics, they are going directly to the playoffs and that is it for the khl season unfortunately so that sucks i'm sure there's going to be i'm i'm sure that everybody is totally going to get paid accordingly for the rest of the season and there won't be any disputes whatsoever the rest will be paid in copious amounts of vodka (laughs) no but for real it's always hard to get paid in the khl from what i've heard and uh canceling the rest of the season that's going to be a nightmare for them i can only imagine uh, so in Olympic news, I'll let um, you two touch on the most of it, but I just got to give a shout out to Max Perot and Mark McMorris, who both uh, took the podium for Canada in snowboard slope style, winning gold and bronze. So Max Perot um, three years ago beat Hodgkin's lymphoma and Mark McMorris five years ago hit a tree and almost died. So for the two of them to have recovered the way that they have and uh, trained back up to being able to qualify for the olympics and not only that win bronze and gold um huge 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 respect shout out all of canada loves and respects you and appreciates you representing us over there so well done on that note team canada uh women's hockey team is absolutely dominating i'll let you guys take over for that I haven't watched anywhere near as much as I would have loved to. It's one of the times where the time zone is not working in my favor. Canada US is on. Just started 10 minutes ago. (laughs) I'll just wipe out the rest of my day and just watch hockey again. Um, (laughs) No work for you. Sarah Nurse and Sarah Filler, (laughs) who are just kicking goals over there. I mean, the fact that the women's team play with their masks on Steph like, I work from home, so I don't have to wear a mask. I can't imagine playing a 60-minute hockey game. Yeah, and they didn't complain. They were they said they're used to that. That's just normal life for them. But to put it into perspective, uh, 
the Canadian women's hockey team has outshot their opponents 167 to 56 and outscoring them 29 to 3 in huge blowout wins. Their first against Switzerland, 12 to 1, then an 11 to 1 against Finland, and then the 6 to 1 against Russia the other night. So, whew, man, Sarah Nurse, though. Seven points in uh, three games, and then there's Natalie Spooner, ten points in three games. This these girls are killing it. Like these guys, the guys should take some notes. Yeah, so we didn't get much in terms of info on what happened there with the masks. All we got was there were they were waiting for results to come back, so the game was delayed for about an hour, and then it seems like from what I can deduce, they were given the choice of either postponing it longer or just taking the ice in masks, and so they did. And then by the end of the second, they'd gotten the results back. So the Russians decided to take their masks off. The Canadians said, you know what? We've worn them for two periods. We can wear them for a third. So anybody that says uh, you can't do things wearing a mask, um, they just played a hockey game. So Yeah, seriously. uh, They were waiting on the Russian team to give the results and they were over an hour late to give the Canadians the results. So they took the precaution to wear the masks and did not complain about it. But last week, the Russian team put six players in isolation. So yeah, all that COVID, um, you know, the things we worried about with our NHL players, it's happening. So I'm trying to find the, uh, the women's hockey game. Sorry. Let's see what the score is. It's hard to look look up the stats and stuff. It's not as easy as it seems. Like if we like NHL, ah, it's on example, CBC but... live. Hmm. Uh, two minutes into the game, it's still zero zero. But this is a prime example of why we need to have more presentation in in these women's sports. Being the fact that we had to try hard to find that score, it should be everywhere. Yeah, yeah and so we got to just touch on it quick. So the yeah. Toronto. Star. 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 I don't want to besmirch the sun when it's unnecessary. When it's necessary, I gladly will. So the mm-hmm. Toronto Star um, had an article written by Rosie, I forget her last name, saying that women's hockey does not belong in the Olympics because Canada and the US are just too good and it's not competitive and it's embarrassing. And to that, I say, stop. Go ahead, Sarah. Right. Do I get on a real soapbox here? Because you know I can. It's is women's sport. We need to have more representation. But if talent alone is enough to quit a particular sport from the Olympics, why do we have table tennis or swimming or basketball, arguably? I mean, these are obviously summer sports or Netherlands and the speed skating. If talent alone is enough to ratio one particular sport, why are we even there? The whole point yeah. of having our leaders being... Canada and the US that are well in front is because we're all striving to be like them. Yeah, by that example, it means that like the goal is to get so good at a sport that they remove it from the Olympics. Like that's <laughs> that becomes the Olympic goal is to just get the sport removed so that nobody can ever play it again. Yeah, we were yeah, that we need, good. We need the exposure so we get the investment in the teams and the player <laughs> development in the coaching staff. We need to set the example so our kids can go well okay, I don't have a ski slope here or an ice rink within 600 Ks, but I want to. Yeah, and you're not going to... Sorry, go ahead, Steph. Oh, I was just saying, you think these other teams, like the Chinese hockey team, the Swedes, the Swiss, you you think they would 
ought to not play. These girls or guys or whoever, they want to play. Like, there would be never a scenario where they'd be like, oh, no, sorry, the Canadians and the Americans are too good for us. No, sorry, we're not going to the Olympics. Like, when, since when is dominating in a sport a reason not to compete in the Olympics? Isn't that the okay, whole point? Can... Did you say the, the Chinese goalies, Pats? Unreal. So she wins. She won. Yes. So cool. So nice. But yeah, further to both of your points, like if you get rid of these programs in the other countries, then you eliminate the chance of there being that natural generational talent that just comes out because you never know like who in China or Switzerland or Japan or Finland or Sweden or Russia who it grows up and they say, you know what, I want to play hockey and they're insane at it, just like the next whoever and the next uh, Douglas Bubble Trousers. And um, <laughs> they uh, they just change the, the entire narrative around that country's women's team. So, you know, if you take it out of the Olympics, you just eliminate the chance of that ever happening. And for now, yeah, Canada and the U.S. are going to battle for gold and, and silver. But that battle for bronze still matters. And that's mm -hmm. an opportunity for every team to show, you know, who is creeping up on the two of them, who's next in line, who's going to join the ranks of uh, elite women's teams. Yeah. And it's such a difference. We're five minutes into this game and it's still 0-0 in Canada, US. So, Wow. Such a difference. It's not like 20 to 1? No. <laughs> um, so we don't have time to do higher or lower. We'll save it for next episode. But closing remarks, looking ahead, Thursday is against Calgary. So uh, what do we need to watch against Daryl Sutter's Calgary Flames? You got to watch against their goalie, Markstrom. Um, Calgary is also second in the leagues for goals against. And uh, Markstrom's been really holding the fort if he's healthy. Uh, he is 9-23 and with seven shutouts. Uh, Montreal finally got a win, but I remember, I think, last episode or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Calgary has more shutouts than wins for the Habs. So... It's the it's going to be a goalie versus goalie showdown in my opinion. Morazic or sorry, Campbell versus Markstrom. But other than that, the Leafs should be able to handle the Calgary Flames. Come on! But the last game they won two to one, November twelfth. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean Suter plays a really shut down, kind of hard hitting way with his team. So I think. Everybody's going to be head on a swivel on Thursday. Like you're going to have to watch out. You got Kachuk and and company that like to throw hits around. They're a big heavy team. Um, I don't think there's much to worry about offensively. I know Gaudreau and Monahan are kind of slumping, as is Monchapani. So I don't know. We'll see. Lindholm is still doing really well. That's one to watch. But score prediction mm -hmm. wise, I'm going to give this one probably like a. F I'm going to say four three Leafs. I was thinking 4-2. I was going to say 4-2, but it never stays 4-2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, late game, so. Sarah, what's your score prediction for th uh, Thursday? Oh, I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> How about we go on a limb? How about I say 3-1 leaps? Nice. nice. I like nice. that. So, um... Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I really appreciate you filling in and joining the conversation about all this. It was a lot of heavy and big and small and exciting and boring topics. So 
Appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. And this is really the start of an absolute ripper month of Leafs hockey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was filling them out on my calendar and got a little scared. Oh, (laughs) my my work calendar has now got these in them. So I don't know how it's going to explain that. Lucky for all of you, I don't go back to work until three weeks today. So I've got all of February off except for the 22nd. So I will be here for all of our games. And then uh, March stuff, you might be, uh, well, no, March, April, you're going to be on your own for a little bit. (laughs) Have you seen the April schedule? It's a little screwy. (laughs) I'll make the ones I can. Love you. Remind me in two months. I will. Um, so thanks so much for tuning in. Remember to, uh, drop us a rate and a like on all the different platforms to listen to, whether it's Spotify or Apple music. I did notice a lot more of you are listening on Spotify counter to what I would expect. Nobody's leaving Spotify. I told you stuff. So iPhone forever. I, Hey, <laughs> it's mostly iPhones, but it's people on iPhones using Spotify. I see you. I'm not hating on you. Apple podcast people. I love you too. Um, anyway, tune in on Thursday. We'll be back with another episode. Also, I packaged everything up. I swear you'll get all your prizes. I was working and then I had COVID and I didn't want to touch all your prizes while I had COVID. So they're all packaged up. They will be sent out tomorrow. Good job, Johnny. I know, right? Uh, intros going to play? Intros not going to play? I'll add it in post. Plays. Fix this. Come on. I'll add it. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.